Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 29th of October, 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media and Dave Davies from Beatsong Internet Marketing. And one week from today, we might or might not know the future of the world. Wow, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you might hope, but then there's so many states with their sort of delayed, like they're giving extensions on when ballots are coming in, in, in a race that's going to be this tight. I, I, I think we're probably... We'll kind of know the election will be over, but we're probably not going to actually know what the outcome is for for days after that. I would I would suspect, but that uh, may but be we'll true, see. or that may not be true. It may come in where it's just completely obvious uh, yeah. on on election night. It'll be a weird position to know next week, though. After weeks and weeks and months and months and some would say four four whole years of anticipation, it'll be uh, again. Uh, uh, a strange note uh, next week, which will be, I think, week 36 of the uh, ongoing COVID crisis. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the studio writes in, we won't even know by Inauguration Day, which is a nightmare <laughs> scenario and very likely true. One, th- one thing we do know is COVID has um, been a main uh, 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 issue in, uh, in the election and in our lives. And COVID created a curious outcome earlier this week with uh, State of Search, one of the most popular conferences on the annual circuit. Um, the speakers, people, people who go to State of Search um, really enjoy it. People who speak at State of Search freaking love it, um, yeah. have a great time, enjoy being uh, in Dallas. And uh, this year was a little bit different um, because nobody except the state of search folks themselves were in Dallas. Um, everybody was doing it virtually. And um, it was an interest. I, I would I would say if, it was a really cool conference. But I think it's safe to say it's a uh, interesting experiment. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And I mean, I, I had a chance to, to speak at it. Mary, Mary spoke on, on branding and, and reviews. I, uh, I moderated a session, had the, the great honor and, and pleasure of chatting with, uh, with Barry Schwartz um, at, the, at the fireside chat, which was awesome. Although when, when we were first discussing it and I first accepted the, the opportunity or, or, or had it offered to me, um, I was going to be sitting on a stage with Barry and that would have been so much more awesome. But <laughs> uh, but still, still had a had a good chat. But you know, every time a, a conference comes, and I've I've just attended some virtual conferences. I've I've you know sort of spoken at virtual conferences and, and presented at them. And every time one comes around, it's just this huge, huge reminder about how much I miss the the, yeah. the, the people uh, yeah. that, uh, that that we get to see. And um, your friend, good friend of mine, uh, Mister. Uh, Tracy Ingram um, had actually shared like say one good thing about 2020 and that is one of the things that when all of this is over that I'll be carrying with me is appreciate the time you spend with your friends because you don't know the last time like I don't know the next time I'm going to see these people and I didn't know that last time right like when I was at a conference I didn't know it was going to be probably two years maybe three until I got to see them again might be it might not there's a talk of a conference coming up in Barbados 
for uh, spring, maybe summer, maybe autumn of 2021. Yeah. There's talk of a uh, conference coming up in uh, Baja, Mexico. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely, uh, that's a definite for the uh, autumn of 2021 COVID permitting. Right. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the the same thing that 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 I was uh, that that we were saying um, earlier in the uh, I think in the summertime about uh, the economy and the the, the uh, creative destruction being wrought by COVID, um, and you're thinking about our local economies as well. There's pent up demand. I mean, there is just pent up energy. People want to get together and hang out and see each other and exchange ideas and get wasted and have a lot of fun together um like 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 we normally do um and so when this when it does happen um anyone out there in radio land or podcast land who's listening get in on it um there are parties and there's legendary parties and there's the off the off the charts (laughs) thing that's gonna happen when the rest when the search community young and old and like all generations get together because that's what it's going to be like. And poor Martin McDonald, he's got this place in like Barbados, right? And he wants to hold the search conference there and he has no idea we're all going to crash his pad. <laughs> like like 40,000 <laughs> of us are all just going to go and want a place to want a place to sleep. Poor dude. Eh? <laughs> so, okay. You were at, you were at the state of search conference. Um, you, yeah. you, 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 you did your, uh, your interview with, with Barry, which was excellent by the way. Thank you. Um, how to say this? It was. Uh, it was. It, I think you, you created a really cool piece of media. Had had people been listening to it, they'd have learned a lot of stuff um, about Barry and about the work Barry does. But one one thing Barry said that really stood out, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if your stomach lurched when when he said it or not. It's obvious that there are a few people in the industry who've been allowed to peek behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Barry's one of them. I know. I know that. I was like, wow, okay. Um, he said so quite clearly when he's like, I don't know if you guys really get it, but it doesn't necessarily work the way you think it does. Yeah. That made me like, when, when he said that, I was just like, pounce! Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was interesting. The, 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 are those files available on the uh, on the web? Because the 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 the, 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 the the sad thing about the state of search thing, if you if you checked out on YouTube, um, now the, there were two or three tracks running. Um, yeah. So there was a, 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 a video, and there was also two or three videos of the same track running concurrently, one on YouTube, one on the uh, state of search conference app. So it's hard to get clear numbers on how many people were watching or attending any individual right. session. But I think the general consensus among speakers was there wasn't a heck of a lot of people tuning in live time. Right. Um, I guess people thinking this is all being recorded digitally. I don't need to go in live time. I can uh, just 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 tune in at my leisure. Um, did that change the experience for you? Um, you know what? Probably not as much for me as other people. And I have this benefit is I do this podcast once a week <laughs> where I know full well that most of our listeners are coming in after the fact, right? They're, they're downloading it on iTunes and, and stuff like that. So I, I'm very much used to the idea of most of the, the, the sort of listeners or, or viewers will be coming in uh, later. But I, I think for a lot of people, it, it would have 
um, maybe set them off a little bit where they're used to engagement. Also, the nature of um, the questions um, that, that I was getting. Well, I wasn't even really getting them, but the, the nature of what I was doing mm. um, was a lot much more different. I did prep in advance asking people what questions that I should be asking, Barry, rather than focusing on a channel like like paying attention to what was coming in. I actually more or less ignored. I, I didn't mean to ignore it. I just kind of forgot <laughs> that I was supposed to be paying attention to whether other people had questions and some people didn't. I did get them in sort of right at the end, but um, but I was just sort of ready having a, having a great conversation with Barry. I had a few questions from from some peers that I'd, I'd asked on like Facebook and stuff on like the SEM Rush group and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, so I, I think for me, the experience wasn't, that different um and also the nature of mine mine wasn't a presentation i was having a chat with a with a great guy (laughs) so i i had that just that comfort i had an audience it was barry and 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 it was just like sitting he's a very comfortable guy to chat with um so and it was nice to get to chat with him about not just search and and exactly some of the the revelations that came like um you know hit for the listeners who who didn't attend the conference or, or don't have access to the videos uh, he was talking about past algorithms. He would be shown behind the curtains on something that no longer exists, but able to compare that and go, basically, I think what he's getting at is when I did find out about this, that, or the other thing, you guys were completely off. Like you, none of you had <laughs> any clue what you were actually talking about. And it makes sense because we're constantly looking for correlation. We, we never know causation, right? Like we never know the algorithm does X. So I'm experiencing Y. We go, X and Y are kind of happening more often than not. <laughs> so, so they must kind of be at least correlated in, in some way in the algorithm. And I think that was Barry going, yeah, and sometimes X and Y just happen. And, and it's for factor Z, right? Like that, right. This thing we absolutely did not even fathom was part of the whole thing. Just happens to be producing something that looks like Y, but it's not Y, right? Like Matt Cutts is, there is no sandbox. There's just stuff that looks like one. Right. It's like, okay, functionally, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, I'm going to treat it like a duck. But it's actually a platypus. It's actually a platypus. And there may be ways to circumvent the, the sand. You know, and, and we're going, sorry, folks, we're talking about an old thing here. I need to be really, really clear. We're not talking about SEO 2020 here. We're talking about SEO like 2010. Um, you know, or, or, or around that. But anyway, um, it was great to, to get a chance to chat with him and about all that he's done for the community. Um, yeah. There's a, a couple other things that, that came out of uh, State of Search that I thought were uh, were really cool. And, and again, I think a, a couple questions that came out of State of Search that uh, the industry has to think about or people who plan conferences at any rate certainly have to think about. Um, moving forward uh, until we're all able to, 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 to gather in, uh, in in a big place. Um, some of the standouts, um, Will Reynolds' uh, initial keynote and then uh, Lily Ray's keynote the next day, um, both wow. Um, I think the greater understanding of um, EAT, um, expertise, authority, trustworthiness, I think uh, that there's a clarity that's starting to emerge around um, how those those term what those terms mean and how they factor in search, and I think uh, I think Lily Ray deserves a, 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 a massive uh, note of thanks from the from the community for just you know just hammering on this and pushing on it, eh? 
Absolutely. And she just um, published a great piece um, over on um, on SEJ. Her and Bill. Um, and yeah, Soski, and Bill, yeah. yeah, I mean, are, are there two people who know more about the subject? Like if you put their two brains together, they both know different things. Uh, and so if you put their brains together, well, you end up with with the piece that's it's currently sitting over on SEJ. And then as an author over on SEJ, I'm like, well, great. All right. Because for, for, for listeners that you might not know, they do like an announcement. You get a little prize for like the oh. top views and top shares. You're not like, employee of well, the month this month. There, there, there goes my shot. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that one's probably going to win for both top views and, oh God, yes. um, and, and top shares. And I contributed that by sharing it already twice, right? Like it's, it's a, it's a great piece. So, you know, well, good, good, good for them. You don't get to be employee of the month. This I, month. I don't. I don't. I don't get a gold <laughs> star. Um. But uh, for what it's worth, um, that 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 interview with Barry was uh, was was a um, it was a great interview. It was a good uh, a huge contribution. Thank you. Oh, my um, pleasure. And one of my favorite. I'm just going to get it out because it was one of my very favorite things um, that I heard him say. And and Jeannie Hill uh, had shared this on Twitter, and that reminded me of it, which which I thought was awesome. Uh, and, and his quote is, I enjoy getting hit by algorithm updates. I like the experience of what other people experience. And then he went on to say, right, like this SE roundtable is not his bread and butter. This is not where he makes his money. So he enjoys the experience of what we have to deal with sort of firsthand to see what, what sort of is happening in his analytics. And I'm like, that is the first and last time I will ever hear anybody say, I like getting hit by penalties. <laughs> like, again, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that too. He doesn't, he doesn't care one way or another, right? Yeah. Like, it's no. just bragging rights for him. But you know, in the one question you didn't ask that I wish you asked him, because I, I, I honestly think a lot of people in the industry really want to know, Barry's not an SEO. He doesn't right. do search. He's not making a heck of a lot of money off of his coverage of search. It's just an obsession he has. This is his mm -hmm. avocation, but it's not his vocation. Barry Schwartz, sir. What are you, laundering money in the back room? What, what do you do for a living, dude? <laughs> no. No, Rusty, Rusty Breck is a software development company. That's But, a, but I'd love yeah. to hear his pitch for Rusty Breck. Given the competence he brings to everything else, Yeah, I would love to hear his pitch for Rusty Breck. You know what? That's a great point. Great point. And I didn't give him the opportunity to talk about the thing that actually would probably generate the revenue for him. I should have. But, but mean, seriously, don't, don't you want to know exactly what they're, what they're up to? Um, or at least yeah. what, what, what he does for because Because that's, that's, you're not an SEO, but you know more about it than most of us do. Yeah. Well, you seem behind the curtain. <laughs> okay. A lot of stuff happened uh, in, uh, in search. Um, but again, most of it, I think, coming out of the conferences and the conversations from the conferences, because uh, tis the season of clarity. Mm -hmm. uh, we're learning, I think, a lot more about what, you know what it is? I think it's because we're actually um, uh, getting to a point where we're relaxing into this new reality. And I think we've discovered how we're going to be sharing with each other from now on. Yeah, that 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 may very well be. And um, yeah, sort of the panic is over. Everybody sort of knows what they're doing. Everybody sort of repositioned themselves at this point. Um, like in our industry, right? Like I'm not talking about the world at large here. And I need to be really clear and go, I'm talking about like, we've got businesses, you know, here in Victoria, um, where, where I am that are still, you know, closing up. They, they have not been able to deal with sort of the, the second round of, of what's coming at them right now. So, 
Oh, um, yeah. Pre- you know, so, so there is that side, but in the marketing world, I think a lot of us have like, okay, this sector is going down. You know, I, I focused on this, it's going down. Okay, now I've moved over. You know, I'm now working at this company, not this company, and, and a lot of well, repositioning. Indeed, the businesses that involve people gathering yeah. are taking it. And I think uh, everyone, you mentioned Victoria, uh, uh, you know, it's worth the airtime to use it. Rest in peace, Logan's best punk bar ever. Okay, so you know, I know we were just Mary and I were just chatting about them last night, and, and the uh, shame that is um, them closing. They, I almost did business with those guys when I had the uh, Cyber Cafe. They were going to invest in us, but then they decided to open a bar instead. Yeah. Bing is now reporting search indexing up uh, issues. Last week, Google was reporting uh, indexing issues. I, they're obviously not related, but what a weird coincidence, eh? <laughs> it would be really funny if they were related. And this is where Barry Schwartz would come in and go, okay, you figured out that thing that you wouldn't know. Um, no, that would be hilarious, though, yeah, if they were. So. <laughs> Bing provides all Google results, you see. <laughs> it's like, oh, so Bing's at 100% of market share. Um, no, I mean, I, I do find that obviously a interesting coincidence, and it does tell us it sort of makes sense that they would both be right now having having problems related to indexing and why i think that would be is it's very expensive um right especially at the volume they have to deal with right i mean this is this is a very very costly endeavor for them so it does make sense that as we're about to head in as a ton of web pages are about to change rapidly i'm talking about black friday and through the holiday season we're gonna have a lot of web pages changing constantly with the pricing, with sales, with things going out of stock, with basically these these crawlers and indexing systems need to be operating at optimal levels constantly. So it does not surprise me that right now they're sort of going, okay, let's test some new systems and let's see how we can speed things up to reduce the the cost. And I don't just mean in like monetary cost. I mean in like bandwidth costs and, and, and speed indexing. Like let's try and build up new systems. It makes sense that both of them would be trying to do that right now. Um, so I, I'm not really surprised that both of them are having problems. I find it interesting that both of them did encounter a problem, but I'm not surprised to sort of find out both of them are working in their areas of indexing right now. Like changes are being made in their indexing systems right now by both parties. Um, that doesn't really surprise me very much. Um, that would make more sense than uh, that would make sense. Uh, the, 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 the Bing originally tried to throw the problem to Cloudflare. Um, people have been reporting uh, problems with uh, Cloudflare. Um, and so Bing was like, hey, you know what? We got problems with Cloudflare too. Cloudflare said that was completely not their problem. Um, <laughs> somehow proved it off to Microsoft and uh, Microsoft acknowledges it's a legit crawler issue on their side. They are working to resolve it. Um, apparently it will be resolved in a few days. Uh, so they pulled the classic, it's not me, it's you. Um. Something like that. Okay, we just got message from uh, from studio. They are ready for us to go to break. We do got to go to break here on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. So, friends, it's the 29th of October, 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beatsock Internet Marketing, listening to Webcology at webmasterradio.fm. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. 
With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. For the first time in 37 years, Miami-Dade College's week-long celebration of books and writers in downtown Miami, the Miami Book Fair, will be a virtual event for eight days between November 15th and November 22nd, 2020. As the nation's largest and oldest collection of literati, Miami Book Fair 2020 hosts a growing list of more than 200 authors, poets, and moderators in conversation, including poet and novelist Margaret Atwood, novelists Jody Picoult, Dean Kuntz, James McBride, Terry McMillan, Lee Child, singer Lenny Kravitz, actress Natalie Portman, CNN commentator Jeffrey Tubin, poet laureate Joy Harjo, environmental activist Aaron Brockovich, YA sensations Tiffany D. Jackson and David Yoon, among many others. Access to all of Miami Book Fair's 2020 programs will be free the entire week of the fair, November 15th to the 22nd, 2020. A free and civil registration is all that will be required. For more information, please visit MiamiBookFairOnline.com. That's MiamiBookFairOnline.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. Get addicted. Get ahead. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 29th of October, 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media, Dave Davies from Beatsonic Internet Marketing. And uh, another thing the uh, both search engines have going in common right now, besides indexing issues, is they're both introducing uh, brand new analytics suites. Did you see the announcement today about uh, Microsoft uh, Clarity? I did not. Okay. Microsoft is um, Microsoft and Google are ta- are both introducing new analytics suites, eh? And they seem to be taking slightly different approaches to um, how they want to look at analytics and introduce information to their users. Um, Clarity is all about what individual users are doing on page, including heat map um, of of user um, experience, like where's the user mouse pointing, where are they. Um, tending to focus their eyes based on where the page is scrolled on the on screen. Um, and so, yeah, I think this is a, 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 a completely new feature that uh, uh, was that, that Google does not completely doesn't have available. Um, I, I love the heat mapping feature. I just went I just went through uh, two different heat mapping, uh, terrible heat mapping experiences. Um, so to see it in a uh, common analytics package is wonderful. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm glad you brought it up. I'd missed it. I this for some reason. I, I when I walk in, there's some mornings where clients are like, "I expect you to earn your pay," and, and so I have to oh, spend dude. my time earning it. And I, I didn't get a chance to, uh, ironically, on a day we're doing our show, cover all the news. Uh, oh no, same I, I same with yeah, absolutely. I mean, also you did the conference the first two days of the week. 
You're playing, you're playing catch up, right? I'm playing a bit of catch up. Yeah. Um, but that is fascinating. And I look forward to playing with it. GA4, I have had a chance to play with as well. It used to be called um, App Plus Web. I don't know if you remember sort of that. They used to have it in, in a package. I have a client with an SPA. We've talked about uh, them before. Um, so I was testing it out on theirs um, back in June. Um, I was testing out App Plus Web just to see what the analytics looked like in there. So I was actually a little more prepped when uh, GA4 uh, launched last week because I'd already had this one site where I was familiarizing myself with with what it looks like. And the Do you get to keep was, those stats? I, I'm not sure yet how all of that's going to work. And this weekend, I actually have it for the listeners. You you wouldn't know this, but I'm holding up a sheet. I've actually gone on my to do list um, to take some of the new training on GA4 this oh. weekend. Do that uh, now, but to listeners, do that now. Yeah, you can, you can run it alongside your your your, your current Google Analytics, um, but get those stats. Start accruing them now. You can't go back and get them later. Well, that's it. Like all of our clients, it, the configuration is. I was kind of. I'll say it this way: the configuration is more difficult. Like when you're trying to set up conversions and stuff, it's more difficult. Now, when I say more difficult, what I mean is, I'm used to the new, the current version of GA. I'm not used to this one. I'm sure the troubles that I'm having right now with GA4, I had before. I'm just so used to it now that you just sort of blast through setting up conversions and, and events and, and GTM and stuff like that. But what What's different in uh, in Analytics 4 than, than in previous versions? What, what's Google trying to do with it? Well, there's a bunch of things that they're, they're doing that are different. And again, next week, I'll be able to talk a lot more eloquently. Um, on on some of the some of the things going on but what out of the gate i can tell you is that they're focusing a lot more on the global experience so it actually i find it interesting what microsoft's doing right now so um google appears to be making it a lot easier for users to understand aggregate information Mm -hmm. um but but also segment out quite nicely um, but they're also pulling in a lot of event data that is being sent through in, in the data layer, um, but that just didn't end up in, in other analytics before and allowing you to tag it when it occurs as a conversion and stuff. So just the way you are defining conversions um, is different, right? It's, it's, it's more event-based. Now, there's, there's going to be ways around that. And again, I'll, I'll talk about this next week and uh, maybe we'll, we'll pull on um, a guest to actually go over um, you know, some of, uh, some of the, the differences in, in analytics more eloquently than I could at, at this stage. Cause I know there's people who like have been like diving into this, you know, sort of full force. Cause that's what they do for a living. Uh, you know, I imagine if we asked Annie Cushing, she'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been working with this like right, you know, since the summer and I know everything about it. So in we go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it is a very, very different interface. I have shared it with, with some clients. They instinctively prefer it, but like everybody else, they're having trouble finding their way through it. And right now, the data they're collecting, they have collected is a few days old. So it's really tough to even understand what you're looking at uh, with only a few days of data. Right? Oh, like, it's not really relevant sure. data. But um, to your point, get it installed get it. now. <laughs> get it now. Um, and get, you don't get that data back. If you, no, if you, if you don't collect today's data, you're never going to see it. You'll never get it. And what I'm going to find really useful is eventually the old will go. That, that will happen. And the more of GA4 and, and the, the universal analytics, the current universal analytics overlap we have, the larger the baseline. So we'll be able to understand our year over year data, even when we don't have, if we didn't have our current 
um, form of <laughs> analytics if we're because there will be a gap where our current one's gone and our new one's there. And when we're trying to compare year over year data, we won't have our old to do that with anymore. But if we can understand our baseline metrics, we can go, okay, this is how they record different because they do report different. So, okay, here's how they report different when I was overlapping them. So when I'm looking at my year over year metrics, here's where the differences will, will exist. And I, I'm assuming that we'll see a phasing out before we have, before all users, some of us that were early adopters, like our listeners might, they might hold on to it for another 15 months and give us all those month over month or year over year metrics for a few months. Well, I'd rather think they have to, honestly. Um, I mean, like you gotta, you gotta give people time to accrue enough data to make it really, really useful. To make it useful. And so for us, they'll probably allow it, you know, they'll, we'll probably be fine because we'll adopt now listeners. Um, but for people <laughs> who don't, for people who wait, for people who didn't switch to HTTPS until all of a sudden warnings started flashing up right before, before, you know, it, for people who wait until they, oh, you can no longer use this in a month. We're going to have to switch. For those people, um, I think they may find themselves in a lot of pain because they'll be comparing apples to oranges. I mean, they'll be very, very similar. So maybe it's more like apples to pears, right? Like they'll be comparing things that kind of look more or less often kind of the same, but actually have some some subtle changes under the hood that that you need to know if you actually care about analytics. Like I'm predicting that uh, we're going to have a lot more Microsoft Clarity experts at this time next year than we currently have Microsoft Webmaster Tools experts. Yes. Almost positive on that. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Google's approaching it. But uh, from an SEO perspective, as a like, uh, what what is happening on page right now? And what are the users doing? Mm -hmm. um, Microsoft's offerings are, are so interesting. Like I'm, I'm salivating just, just thinking about them. Yeah, Microsoft is, it, they just do not get the credit from SEOs for their tool sets. Mm -hmm. I mean, and regular listeners will know I'm a, I'm a big fan of them. It's one of the first things I do when I'm getting working with a new site is get Bing Webmaster Tools, you know, lit up on it because the data is just better. Um, it's hands down my one of my favorite free SEO tools. Don't know where I saw this, so I can't quote it exactly. Um, Microsoft is the first of the really super big houses to say they're they are going to an officeless environment in the future. Um, that's neat. That's really really neat, and I, I I'm wondering though, and and I mean this is maybe something we need to pull on and just have an episode where we pull on psychologists um, and, and just talk about. I remember when there was this switch to, to working from home right back in, in sort of March um, and, and people, you know, you or I were, were not tremendously impacted in the same way. We were impacted because you couldn't go out in the world the same. We weren't going to conferences anymore, but our, our work environment, Jane, but I remember people who were like working in offices at Microsoft, for example, and then going, oh, this can be great, right? They're, they're viewing like, okay, I've just gained you know, an hour and 15 minutes of commute in my day, right? Like that I no longer have to do. This is awesome. But long-term, how taxing is that? Because I know the wear and tear on me personally to not be going and seeing my friends, to not be going out and just like going, you know what? I'm just, let's go to dinner, right? Like to do that sort of thing and, and having to consider things a lot more. Where do you go and how do you do these sorts of things? Um, so for people who now don't get that day-to-day, 
right? What happens to them mentally? Um, is it as good two years in as they thought it was going to be? And is this really a good move on Microsoft's part? Um, be, because does it actually positively impact the, the mental health of, of their staff? And it may, it may, because they won't get that camaraderie, but maybe they'll take that hour and 15 minutes in their day that they've now got not commuting and go out and do stuff, right? <laughs> like go and do productive things with, with other people in, in the, the world around them um, instead of their, their coworkers. But I, I, it is one of those things that I, I do wonder how, how much of our mental health um, was, was developed around the water cooler at offices oh. um, for some people. Indeed, indeed. Although uh, uh, we are creatures of habit and as our habits change, uh, new ways of, of doing things and, and feeling about them will come about. For instance, the introduction of artificial intelligence to virtually every search query. That's a new, <laughs> that's a new way of doing things, don't you think? It's, it's a fairly new way of doing things. That was a, um, that was a segue. That See, was that, a very very good segue. Listeners um, at home, that's how you do it. <laughs> um, I'm fascinated by this by the by the expansion of Bert's reach. Yes, um, and I mean you know we 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 have some questions uh, around where is it used and when is it used and and this and that and I, I find some of them um, kind of interesting. Right. Oh, okay. and, um, where it's um, and one of them and the questions need to be asked um, and, and it is important. So this but there's there's an article from from Don Anderson. Could Google Passage indexing be leveraging BERT? Yes. Right? <laughs> Why great, wouldn't it? Great article. And that's that's the, of course the, the it is. extrapolation. Of course it is. Now, that's not a, a dig at Don, who I know no, 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 knew no, no, the no, answer no, going not. in. They're just she, she's just asking the question to like this is the title of the, of the article, sort of thing. Um, Birds so, everywhere. It, and it, by necessity, it sort of has to be because if you you actually think about what it is, um, and, and this is what I, I find sort of funny about Bert. So um, for, for for folks in the, in the listening audience who, who might not, I know the first like. 18 times I heard Bert. I'm like, all oh, right, now what do I, how, like, I, I knew what it was. I could visualize how it functioned. Um, but I was like, okay, right. What does it say? Okay. Bidirectional encoder representations from transformers. That's what Bert stands for. Say it another 18 times and eventually you'll just have it down. But <laughs> which not, is probably that actually, not that you actually know what that means. No, exactly. I mean, once you get the visuals, so if you look up like sort of the BERT explanations on, on Google's side, like they have some really nice diagrams and it's just like, okay, I got it. And, and you'll never forget the word bi-directional because there's a bunch of arrows that go in all, like both directions for the first time. And that's, that's what's important. But that's the most important part of the entire acronym. That that's it is is the bi-directional. The rest of it is is just more the function. But why I think it's it's by necessity it, it will be involved in that, and by necessity it needs to be involved in everything. Um, like you know that it's I get that they have to test things in smaller scales, that it, but it actually needs to be involved with everything. Is for a proper understanding of the way language works. So what, what for 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 I guess for for users who don't understand Bert, um, what the bi-directional added in was until then. A, and the algorithms and, and understanding of natural language processing could only understand what it saw before. So when it saw a new word, it only understood that in the context of what had come before it. Now it was able to work in both directions so it can understand the context of, um, you know, the word red, car. It can understand that when I said red, I meant car before it actually sort of, it, it was able to understand the graph. I'm explaining it poorly, but it was able to sort of move both directions in, in its understanding of how pieces of, of a sentence or, or passage 
work. If it only does that in one or two circumstances, it's never going to actually properly understand the language, like any given language. I'm referring to English right now at the top of my head because that's the language that my brain works in. But it works in, you know, the same would be true in Malaysia, right? Like in, in, in any given language. Things work in, in multi-directions and each language is a little bit different in how that back and forth Bert would be, be transitioning to. But to understand fully how it would interpret passages, for example, in, 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 on a page, it now needs to be able to also do that in all sorts of other formats so that it can actually understand what a passage would look like and how the language within a complete paragraph would be as opposed to like as, as part of a larger construct of, of content. So it actually will need to be rolled out 100%. It will need to be involved in everything. Otherwise, it's not going to be able to understand the context of when I'm looking for a passage, this is what it looks like. And, and this is sort of the, the elements of it that would send me, send the signal that basically they could send into the other algorithms to go, okay, process this and decide whether it's a complete package or not, because Bert doesn't do that component of things. But um, anyway, I, I think I'm going off on, on sort of some, some technical and, and kind of exciting, you know, understandings of, of things, but it's not. And you know how you prove the necessity for How's the for, you know how you prove the necessity for a natural language filter that's that's uh, powered by and educated by um, artificial intelligence. Oh. Get three or more people to describe the process of how <laughs> this actually works, and it, they will say exactly or relatively the same thing, but they will use completely different language doing it. Right, and um, that's what Bert's all about. Um, Dave and I could describe the same concept, which actually we're doing right now. I'm describing exactly what Dave was describing, but I'm using completely different words to do it. And Bert's right. there to study everything I've said before and everything Dave said before and everything everyone else said before, because Google gets to hear it all one way or another, because mm -hmm. um, we, we input everything we're interested in to Google. Mm -hmm. Google's... Bert's job for Google is to figure out that I'm asking for the same thing or talking about the same thing Dave's talking about and give us results to to match the similar query that was, came about using completely uh, different words. Yeah. Something and, like I mean, that? Well, yeah, it, it, exactly. And I mean, if we have a, a I, like to me, I just go, how much of my language, like if we just take like go back to root basics, how much of my language is enhanced by being able to work in both directions by me understanding just inherently, you know, if I, if, if I had the sentence, this is a red car. If I just inherently understand that when I hit the word red in the way that my language works, the way English works, if I hit the word red, a noun is about to follow it. Right, like a, a, a 99 times out of 100, a noun is about to follow. Now you have French, it would go the other way, right? Like they, they would say auto uh, rouge, right? Like they, and for anybody French, just absolutely pardon my brutality of, <laughs> of, of your language right there. But you would go the other way, but Bert would understand that, okay, this is about to follow and this is what should follow. We should have a noun. And it just helps them understand the construct of, of language in a, in a very, very different way. To me, even if nothing else, if you had a technology that would enable a machine to understand language and and sort of wait for something new in a language that operated more like a human brain and and that's who you're catering to is a bunch of humans why would you not deploy that widely like why would you sit on a technology that does that and go you know what let's hold it back like like with rank brain they went okay this is just for unseen queries 
Well, good, because you really can't do any wrong with those ones because your results aren't built for them yet. But then immediately you go, okay, well, that's better. They didn't go, okay, that's better, but let's just keep it to those 15%, right? They went, yeah, that's better. Full force, right? And they, they deployed it 100%. So it makes sense. They, they would test something on a smaller scale. Makes sense. I, I think BERT is, is probably a fairly low level. And again, like I'm not a machine learning expert by, by any stretch of the imagination, but um, you know, I think by, by three years from now, the, the, the true machine learning experts in, in the crowd will look at Burton go, wasn't that cute, right? Like, I mean, it, it, but it's, it's sort of stage one, I think in helping, well, okay, maybe stage second generation of helping us understand language in a way that's uh, new. This, this may sound silly. And for, for listeners, this is Jim's off the wall theory world. Just, just warning you ahead of time. But, but Dave, who is our canonicalization expert? Do, do, do we, do, do we have somebody we would go to if we wanted to talk about canonicalization? That's a great question. I, last time I had a question went John and he actually answered me, but <laughs> Cause, cause I want to get that person and Bill Hunt together in the same room. And introduce concepts of uh, around BERT and and processing uh, uh, meanings in language and languages, and then talk about the effect of uh, the the href language tag and proper canonicalization. And I bet you, I bet you, something really weird would come from that conversation. That would be a fascinating conversation, and our audience might be going, "No, it wouldn't be." But um, that's one of the perks of going you know what, we get to do a podcast. Um, and so we will probably make that happen. And hopefully our, our audience, because we're not jerks, um, no, will, seriously. will take some, some real value from that. I, I think that would be a great, a great. Think episode. about this for a second. If you could, if you could pass energy, um, because you're saying this is my main document, but this, but, but um, what's represented here is also represented over here at this uh, top yep. level domain and over there at this top level domain. There's a tool in here somewhere. I, I just don't have the brains to figure it out myself. I just know it's there. Right. Um, right. Neat. It, it is. It is. It's very interesting. You know what? We, that's, uh, I, I, know, I know the studio is about to like go. I hate you both. Uh, oh, my off. goodness. They are, aren't they? Holy <laughs> jump. I totally lost track of that. Okay. Friends, we've uh, totally lost track of this, but we got to take a break here on WebCology at WebMasterRadio.fm. So on behalf of Dave Davies from BSOC Internet Marketing and a completely frantic studio down in Fort Lauderdale, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to WebCology at WebMasterRadio.fm on the 29th of October, 2020. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. 
and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Web College and webmasterradio.fm. It's the 29th of October, 2020. And because we completely lost track of time a few minutes ago, we only got a few minutes left. So we got to go real fast. And uh fascinating thing that came out of the antitrust hearings uh, or the threat of antitrust hearings around um, Google, Facebook and the, and the big houses is um, just the threat of Google getting broken up. It may or may not happen. Technically, it might not even be possible. But just the threat of it has promoted Apple to uh, leak a story about it creating its own search engine. See, Apple receives hundreds of millions of dollars a year from Google to allow Google to be the default search engine in uh it's it's internet operating system it's ios without that payment why would uh apple put google in there like why, why would they do that why not capitalize on it themselves and it appears to be exactly what they're trying to do we've always been talking about trying to get more competition in the marketplace Microsoft comes along and we're like yay Microsoft live yay Microsoft bing finally some competition but what if it comes from left field, from Apple? That would be kind of neat, eh? It would be. I don't see how they could do it, but that might just be me. Um, now, where I think they could pretty much own the space if, if they really tried hard, this is just, like, in my opinion, I would have thought the word Google would be a stupid name for a company. So what do I know? But um, I, I could see them very, very quickly and easily if they can just come up with some decent – like a pretty solid um, search engine. Um, Seriously. So, <laughs> um, holding mobile, obviously, like for, for iPhones, at least, uh, you know, basically holding their, their walled garden behind yet another wall. Um, but I, I don't see how on the, on the desktop, like who I don't use Apple. Am I going to use an Apple search engine? I, I don't see how they could get to a level of competing with Google, but, you know what? I, I may be wrong. I would rather, and this is just for me, I would rather see them starting to show Bing um, as, as results uh, more <laughs> prominently because it would actually give market share to a company that could actually produce a, a, strong, yeah, a strong battleground. 
you can see Tim Cook's dilemma here, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I, I absolutely can, right? Like, I mean, I, I get that it can't happen, but I, I would much rather they did because it would sort of be uh, the enemy of my enemy sort of thing and go, okay, if you guys could actually pull this off, that'd be great. Do I think it'll happen? No. Just go duck, duck, go and have fun with it, right? Like, just, just go nuts. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but I think duck, duck, go would go, yeah, the privacy on that iPhone is not what we need it to be. Well, and right. also, I don't think DuckDuckGo has a few hundred million dollars just laying around the laying around the office drawer to hand off to Tim Cook to be put into that premium position, yeah. right? But at least they do have a good search engine, so maybe they could just sell. <laughs> it's like, fine, we'll go over here. We'll just sell you all. Of, like, we'll sell you our algorithm. You can go from there. Here's your starting point. Um, right, it's not duck, duck, go, but but here we'll sell you how our system works because they do have a, a pretty solid set of results for, for for the way they're doing things. So, anyway, I love little duck, duck, go. I read yeah, they, 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 they remind me of ask with um, <laughs> with integrity. Um, yeah, <laughs> okay, 10 best practices for best Friday. I mean, I the, goodness gracious, uh, da, da, da. can you encapsulate that real fast? Um, not really, but. Um, I, I do have some, well, it's, 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 I guess for a document for, for listeners head over to the Google webmaster blog. Um, they actually have a document that was surprisingly good. I was like, okay, they're actually giving good advice. Um, and, and basically it was just following, um, sort of the best practices. One of the ones that I loved seeing on this list because it's so unsung use a recurring URL, have a black Friday URL keep using that same one every black Friday, right? <laughs> like, just become associated. You become associated with it. All those links to that black Friday one, let them just be about black Friday. Um, you know, oh, and, and incidentally you make them belong to you and make them belong to you. And, and rather than like coming up with a new page, you know, black Friday, 2020 black Friday, 2021, right? Like all, all the way through. Um, some might argue that in 2020, every Friday is a Black Friday. Um, anyway, just, they might. Well, um, some might argue in 2020, every day is a Friday. Um, but uh, and interestingly, I think there's some things that just general SEOs could go. Yeah, that's right. Link to the landing page from your homepage, right? Like just get it quickly discovered by linking to it from your homepage, right? Like mm-hmm. it's SEO 101, but you don't normally hear actual actionable confirmation of, of SEO tactics from Google. And, and, and these were, were some of them. Uh, I do love their ask Google to re crawl your page. Yeah. Can't yeah, do that right good now. Good luck. <laughs> um, and but, by the way, the, the last point you made, a uh, 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 point of index directly off the first page. Uh, be careful if you're doing that on a mega menu, because you got to <laughs> think of like uh, mobile usability. Just I yes. got to throw that in because March, 2021 is coming Maybe, maybe not. Well, March 21 is coming. March 21, 2021 is coming. Google imposing its rules may or may not be coming, but they say it is. It's funny you bring that up. I actually have an article that just went live today on Search Engine Journal on just five quick SEO, basically e-commerce yeah, yep. SEO quick tips. And number one is mega, mega, mega menus. <laughs> it's just like, um, because I, I keep seeing them and it was actually just rooted in, I have a bunch of like, calls where I'm like onboarding clients or, you know, sort of vetting sites. And these are the five things I keep seeing over and over and over again. Here's the thing about mega menus, man. It's the, it's the content management systems that are creating these, these, these breadcrumbs that are forced, that are forcing webmasters to think they need to make these big ass mega menus. I'm not kidding. I've, I've twice, I've gotten back to that. Well, no, I, I know. And uh, there's, I often hear um, the, the, the note, 
Well, but it's how many clicks, right? Like as a user, I can get there in one click. It's like, okay, power. imagine if Amazon did that for a second. Right? Like, no, I'm, it's speed to destination, yeah, not. I'm absolutely positive. The power here is in the breadcrumbs, not the mega menu. I can yeah. almost guarantee yeah. you that. Um, okay, so a few more seconds. Um, SEO sources. Who do you, uh, in your gut, who do you trust more? John Mueller or uh, 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 um, any of the, uh, the the Googleites who, who are stepping forward to, 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 to give information to the community or somebody writing about Google? As an SEO, who do you trust more? Uh, my, You know what? I trust John. I, I just do. He doesn't speak unless he can. I've seen him completely ignore a bunch of my questions. Um, he'll answer them mostly when they're technical. So I do trust him. Um, but Barry... And, and, and there is probably my number one most trusted source. And that's because he pretty much sticks to news, right? And like, mm -hmm. then I can read about interpretation of what that means. But Barry is an outstanding source of just here is what is happening with maybe a here's a bit of context. I've seen this 85 times tested in the last three years, right? But so I think it's coming because they keep testing the same thing. But but that's about it. He's, he's, he's really, really good at not diluting fact with potential fiction well a long-term seo sirius shepherd actually did a uh a survey on this a couple weeks ago got reported on in uh in se roundtable and 64.5 percent of people in the seo community agree with you they uh they believe the information they find on their uh blogs private groups and and that sort of that sort um 55.3 uh, believe the information from other SEOs being the being a trusted source of information. F only 46.4% uh, agree that um, Google spokespersons are trusted sources of SEO information. Um, but again, uh, very high, like like mid 60s industry blogs, news sites. Uh, people very much trust the people who are uh, interpreting SEO news for them. And they it, like it, us. They, they, they do. And I mean, everything's context, right? Like you've been around as long as you and I, you know, the names of, of most of the authors, right? Yeah. And, and sometimes you don't. And when I don't, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm about to learn. But you know, quickly who's in your wheelhouse, who's not, who you would read, who you wouldn't. I'm not certainly not going to name. Yeah, that's names, true. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. are, but there are people that I'm just like, I, I, I wouldn't rely on, on what you say, um, you know, and that, that's clearly why I, I wouldn't sort of name names here, but, um, you know, but then there's other people where I'm Just like, okay, watch. if you publish something, I'm immediately going to go over there, right? Like I'm immediately going to click that as quick as, as I possibly can. At the least, I'm going to add it to bookmarks to read on the weekend, right? Like where you just have, you know, those names and you know, the ones that you're like, it's probably a lackluster opinion piece or something, right? Like where, where, where you know that. So anyway, I think that helps and, and it, a little more detail as far as which people do you, do you prefer? I trust John more than I trust Danny over at Google, right? To be giving me information that is just truly his opinion, right? As, as far as what's going on. Um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens on that in, in a few years. Um, okay, one last thing before we got to go. Congratulations to uh, Craig Campbell, Scottish SEO. Uh, first among the SEOs to get a six-figure sponsorship deal for his YouTube videos on SEO. 
Wow. I, I, I kid you not, the dude netted a six-figure deal on uh, a sponsorship for uh, for his SEO videos. Um, video video attempted the radio star, huh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 like that. No, no, but no, congratulations, Craig. Uh, seriously well-deserved. He's worked, he's worked his way yeah. to get where he is for years and years and years. So um, that this is definitely earned media absolutely okay that's it full clock we've gone we've gone around the circle um on behalf of dave davies this is the last show we're gonna do in october 2020 on behalf of dave davies from beanstalk uh, internet marketing this is jim Hedge from digital always media you've been listening to webcology on webmasterradio.fm friends it's week 36 of this terrible like global pandemic the best way out of this is for all of us to cooperate and not spread the disease. Wear a mask, wash your hands, don't touch your face, socially distance from each other, be kind to each other in businesses, don't take it out on the clerk, please, and you know certainly don't take it out on the people around you. Rank well, stay safe, we'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.